You can call me stupid Yes, you can call me sheep You can say I Making sense. It is a beautiful September morning. Can't believe it's already September. Man, Drew Brent is. And alongside what? It's September. My name is Drew Brent. No, we have both. Okay. And alongside me today is the ever famous, the autograph signing. In the last few months, um, his star power has skyrocketed. He is Caleb Peronet. Mario's got nothing on me with his star power. Okay, no, yeah, nothing. it's things like that. It's okay. things like that that makes that make me curious as to why it is people love you so much. I love me. That's good I, enough. You know what? And I love you too. And I'm glad that we get to do this podcast because we've got a lot to cover today. It's been a while, TLR, since we have seen you, but we've been very busy with yep. a lot of things. So we've got some topics that we want to discuss today, making sense of all of the things that have been going on. Caleb, why don't you give us the rundown? So, <laughs> I like the way that you plugged our own rundown.com. So, uh, we decided that we were going to take a break, kind of reschedule how Making Sense was going to work, and we're now going to bring it into a top stories for the River Valley for our local area, or even national stories that pertain to us just for the past week, and try to knock them out in about 15 minutes, but go a little bit in depth and give you guys... Uh, some good good information. So, Drew, our first talking point of the day, boy, it's a, it's a doozy. It is the tech kofifi, uh, if we're going to bring that word back in. Oh, yes, with, the uh, kofifi. Mm-hmm. So we have Mary Bentley um, signing... Uh, it was a letter initially. Yeah. Okay. So it was nothing in the no no actual bills going to the state legislature. No. Nothing. It's it, a lot of people have been blowing this out of proportion, and we've been getting a lot of mixed information from all sides. Or simply nobody will talk to us. Let's um. Let's they're go, scared. Let's talk about the narrative. Let's actually get the the information out there. So so yeah. Let, let's let's start at the very top. What initially happened? Now, well, actually, let, let's back up even further. Earlier this year in March, we had the scare with the, uh, or was it May? Um, it, it was in March. Uh, this was the D- Department of Diversity and Inclusion, which you're talking about. So let's let's take it from there. Yeah, I, could, I think that's the real starting point. Back in March, um, the Arkansas General Assembly delegation locally, Trevor Drown and Mary Bentley specifically, uh, they expressed some concerns with the Arkansas Tech Board of Trustees and specifically Dr. Bowen about the Department of Diversity and Inclusion, more specifically an event that they held out um, in the middle of campus, right? It, right it, near called, the, it wasn't called Sex on the Lawn, was it? Was was called, it? it was called Sex on the Lawn, okay. actually. And so what this whole idea was, was to promote uh, sexual health among the um, college community. However... Um, there were some parts of that that the legislature was not comfortable with. They felt like it was inappropriate because of some of the 
marital aids and things that were being displayed. I believe the official word that we used was uh, the apparatus or the apparati. The apparati, yes. The apparati uh, from our illustrious representative Trevor Drown, which, by the way, that was a great line. It was. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember going, I can't believe we are talking to a representative about sex toys right now. This is what my job has. This is what am I doing with my life right now? So... They get all up in arms. And Not a single giggle, by the way, was given in that interview. Uh, no, because we are professionals, but you can bet on our way home. They couldn't. Uh, so anyway, as we um, as we we discussed this, the uh, Bentley and Drown uh, made made the point that they felt like this was not something that the university should have sanctioned. This should not have been a university sanctioned event. And it escalated to the point that they threatened to defund the Department of Diversity and Inclusion. Okay. We're going to make a very long story very short. If they had defunded the Department of Diversity and Inclusion, technically, Arkansas Tech University could have lost its accreditation several years down the road. But there was really never a risk of that happening. However, Dr. Bowen comes out and says that this is a possibility. The students go up in arms. They get both sides together and they come up with a solution. They kept the department. It wasn't defunded. And they're able to move forward. Right. Now, one of the big scares that did come out of that was people saying, oh, I just graduated. For instance, I graduated from tech just last August. A lot of people were saying, oh, I'm going to lose my degree. My degree is going to be worth nothing. Or even uh, even if your degree still had, which, by the way, you weren't going to lose it because at the time that the university was accredited, if you graduated with an accredited degree, your degree would still be accredited. But the scare was that, oh, if I go looking for a job and I graduated before this, they're going to see that tech ha- now has bad PR. They're not going to hire anybody from tech. None of that was, was going to happen. Yeah, none, none of those things were actually ever a danger of occurring. And so it, it, it got to this ridiculous point and it blew over yes. until last week. It may have been two weeks ago now. Uh, Representative Mary Bentley... As we find out, sent a letter to the Board of Trustees expressing concern over the lack of facilities, farmland, and funding for Arkansas Tech's Agri Department, which currently houses 300 students in their own enrollment. And that number has been dipping in the past uh, decade. I Actually, believe. it's not. Um, over the last six years, they've increased by 100 students, not per year, but just overall. There we go. We, we put that to rest. Right. So the, those people who say that that it has been it's been decreasing, it's it's stayed pretty pretty level. All right. Now, now, okay. Now, now let's put it into perspective with the rest of the university. With, uh, I believe, Arkansas Tech's top five are engineering, no, no specific order, engineering, computer science, business, uh, English or teaching, and then under uh, med, or I should say pre-med. Um, I, I can't verify that. I'm, I'm sure that if you said that, then it's true because you, you would know that. I know that um, the agri department is 10th in enrollment at Arkansas Tech. It's yeah. the 10th in enrollment. Uh, however, the, the issue was, was that what it looked like was that Mary Bentley was attempting to put her foot down to make a political move. That's really what it looks like. Until you do some digging and you find out that the Ag Advisory Board from Arkansas Tech actually asked the legislature to intervene on the Ag Department's behalf because they said that the Board of Trustees and the President were not listening to their concerns. So as you do all of this digging, you find out 
that the legislature wants the ag department to spend the money this way. They want the university to spend the money this way. And this is where the problem happens. You, you start to run into a power struggle. Now, the concerns that they were having was that the land that was being developed for other uh, departments on tech or was being sold, which I don't believe any was sold. Uh, it was. Okay, it was. Okay. So all of this land, it wasn't being... Um, I guess the word for it would be uh, refulfilled or given back to them. Right. Um, here was the problem that we found. And this is the thing that we've not been able to let go of. As I start to look at the overall funding for Arkansas Tech, I find that in fiscal year 2018, Caleb, how much money do you think Arkansas Tech got? Well, I know the actual number, but I'm going to throw out a wild ballpark guess uh, from what our readers were saying. I'm going to guess uh, 80 million. That seems like a that seems like a you you should be able to do more than enough with 80 million, right? 236 million dollars for Arkansas Tech's total allotment from the state legislature in fiscal year 18. Oh my gosh, you don't say. I don't say, but here's what's even better. There are four peer institutions in the Southeast Regional Board. Uh, that basically it determines peer institutions by size enrollment and that sort of thing. Arkansas Tech, UALR, ASU, and UCA. Arkansas Tech received $236 million. Now, that seems like more than enough, it right? It seems like plenty, right? It seems like a lot, especially when you consider a $100 million endowment. You consider that there's been some carryover money for Arkansas Tech. That's not to mention the tuition fees, all of those things. They're doing fine. But you consider the funding, and I'm just going to bring up ASU and UCA, all right? All right. ASU, slightly larger enrollment, $325 million. Nearly $100 million more than Arkansas Tech. Now, let, let, let's go back to the 2016 fiscal year real quick. Arkansas Tech had over, what was the actual number? It was like 13,367 around that ballpark. Right. Um, and so we were the number three. Mm -hmm. I say we because, you know, we're in Russellville. So. Arkansas Tech was the number three in the state and the number one growing at the time and received how much less than our closest peer institution? $244 million because UCA, who is just down in Conway, received two, uh, excuse me, $481 million fiscal year 18. So more than, well, I should say up double what Tech's allotment, what no, no, that, that's not the right way to say it. Right. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. It's double yeah. Tech's allotment plus about 10 million. Yeah. 481, 236, that's 472. Or a smaller school. Right. So, now, now, I don't put my opinions in here, but I do want to ask a question. If we are so concerned about the funding for particular departments inside Arkansas Tech, and this is the question no one has been able to answer. Not Bentley, not Drown, not Stubblefield, not Standridge, none of them. This is what I can't get. If they are so concerned with an, a specific department or departments within Arkansas Tech University, and they're so concerned about the money that is being spent within those universities, why would they not more equitably fund Arkansas Tech to its closest peer institutions? And if you're so worried about the way that money is being spent, did we forget that two presidents at UCA over the last 10 years have been removed for embezzlement? And yet they still got $481 million. Now, as you start to look at this, Caleb, do you know what I, what we found? Of course you know what we found. You were there when we found it. I don't know, Drew. What did we find? 
we found that a lot of this has to do with a great big word called lobbying and lobbyists. Please, Drew, tell me what lobbying is. Lobbying is a person or persons influencing the legislature to to pursue bills that would favor a particular group or entity. So generally, this is considered a good thing. You would think. Except for the fact that in Arkansas Tech's case, they're, they're lobbyists and their lobbying is simply not as good as UCA, ASU, and UALR. Now, do you and the reason I know that is because the legislature, and I won't name who said this, said so. Here's what I need all of our dear readers to understand and to listen to. I have spoken to Mary Bentley, Trevor Drown, Gary Stubblefield. I've had talks with the governor's office. I have been doing my research on all of these things, and the fact of the matter is... The funding is simply not equitable. I've asked the question too, and this may just be a research thing on my part. I need to really try to find this. Uh, it's, it's something that has, has, has eluded me. Uh, Representative Bentley told me that there was um, legislation that would help Arkansas Tech's funding. It would help all of higher ed. But when I asked the question specifically, what was that legislature I have, or legislation, I have not been able to find a copy of it. I've not been able to find anything on it. Now, admittedly, it could be the fact that I haven't found it. I mean, I'm sure that it exists. But how? How? So let's, Is it $481 million to $236 million? How is that possible? So let's get into the next talking point on, on under this category. Where much of the confusion and a lot of the... Uh, I'll just throw out Kofifi because that word's just so fun to use. You know, Co- we use Kofifi. it. Kofifi. So, where a lot of this confusion Kofibi. was coming from Kofibi, right? Uh, you have, we, when we put this in our article, there's a lot of, uh, well, they said that uh, Dr. Bowen received a 40% pay increase uh, that the Arkansas Tech had spent over, was it $4 million that they were accusing, or was it 2 uh, Of... Okay, for, well, for, for El Paso. No, not for El Paso. Uh, it was $4 million for a multi-sport sports complex, which is being funded okay. right now. $1 million of that came from private donations. The other $3 million came from a facilities fund. Yeah, and that, which is special funds designated only to that over a period of time. Well, facilities and repairs. So, I mean, technically you could earmark it for that. Yeah. What she was frustrated with, and this was mentioned in the article, was that uh, the Arkansas Tech president, uh, Robin Bowen, Dr. Robin Bowen, had received a 40% pay increase uh, from 2016 to 2017. That was not true. What happened, uh, the, the article that she was referencing was an Arkansas business article that was published on August the 8th that was written by Mark Friedman, who was looking at the cost and the money and expenses of university administrators. What they found was that from 2011 to 2016, there was a 40% pay increase um, for total for total compensation package, which includes things like housing allowances, that includes things like cars and that sort of thing. So it wasn't a full-on salary increase from 2011 to 2016. And mind you, in 2011, Dr. Robert Brown was still the president of Arkansas Tech University. All right, so this was not a 40% increase over the course of one year. Matter of fact, from 2016 to 2017, Arkansas Tech says there was no increase in salary. In fact, she refused <clears throat> to take a pay increase until other. No, this is this is true, correct? Um, or the, is this well, well, speculation? Well, I have not heard it specifically from um, Dr. Bowen herself. 
We have heard it from um, and and who said that? Who said that she said that? Um, Ken Henderson, Rep- uh, Senator Ken Henderson, had let us know that um, Dr. Bowen refused a salary increase until they were able to increase um, other salaries across the university. It was Senator Henderson who had yes. who had sent us that letter. By the way, we spoke to him as well. So we we, we say all this to say. There is a lot of confusion or confivi on both sides where either people are saying something to contradict what the other side is saying. So uh, neither tech is completely faultless in this or the representatives are completely faultless. But I think it brings to light a greater condition of lack of transparency between various entities and also lack of proper communication. Sure, but there's still that one great big glaring issue. All right? And and here and here's the thing that I cannot get past. I've not put out a whole lot of content on TLR this week because I've been investigating this thing because it bothered me. Let me tell you a story. Let me let me just let, I'm going to share this with the readers for just a minute because this is going to sound a little cause-based and it's going to this is might be the most millennial thing I've ever said on this podcast, but here's straight up what happened. I went to Tech the other day for a completely unrelated um appointment. All right. And I run into a student who says, uh, Hey, cool. The local rundown is here, which by the way, that made me feel awesome. Cause you know, they think we're cool. Yeah. They don't know us. They don't know that we're not. We are cool. And they said, why does the legislature believe we're worth half as much as UCA? Which by the way, that's a stigma that's been around here for a long time. So representatives legislation, please ask, answer that question. Why is Arkansas Tech worth half as much? Don't give me this mess anymore of... uh, Because, look, I don't disagree with Mary Bentley that the Agri Department should have more money. I don't disagree with Arkansas Tech that they should have more money. What I'm trying to figure out is where the disconnect is. What I'm trying to find out is why this is still an issue. Why the th- one of the highest gr- uh, graduation rates in the entire state comes from Arkansas Tech University. They were the third highest enrollment back in 2015 or 2014, 15, and I believe 16. Don't quote me on that, but for sure 2014. And yet they are getting not even half as much as their closest peer institution geographically, UCA. And they're getting $100 million less than their closest financial peer institution, which is ASU. And UALR got nearly half a billion dollars. Why? Is it because the lobbyists aren't as good? Or is it possibly some comments made by Representative Bentley on Facebook that tell the entire story? Which is? When we interviewed Representative Drown on Sex on the Lawn about sex on the lawn. He had mentioned in that interview that the people of this area did not reflect the same values as that event. I have had conversations that are off the record that I do not want to disclose. And and that is that is because we have respect for these people and we do respect whenever we have off the record. Right. However, when when that conversation about sex on the lawn occurred, uh, Representative Drown made it quite clear that there was a difference in in politics between the president and between the legislature. Now, I'm not going to be one to speculate. Now, that president being the president of the university. President Bowen, yes. I'm not going to be one to speculate as to whether or not there are some political motives here. But look at the comments that are being made in a public forum that I'm not going to quote here because I have not been able to uh, get a hold of Representative Bentley for her own comment. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that now you are starting to see that the funding issue has everything to do with the fact. And heck, this is on this is on the record. Legislatures were talking about Robert Brown having a terrible uh, rep- uh, reputation down at the legislature just because he was a straight shooter. Is I just want somebody who is in power, whether it's the governor, whether it's the General Assembly, hell, whether it's Congress, somebody answer the question. Is Arkansas Tech getting less funding simply because there is a bad pol- uh, political disagreement between the Board of Trustees, the president and the legislature? Because if that's the case, explain that directly to the students. Because at that point, you're saying you are worth less, even though you chose to come to a higher education school. So... At that point, don't sit here and accuse me of anything. You don't get to pivot on me. The numbers on this particular point do not lie. Somebody answer my question. Why is the funding so inequitable? Somebody answer the question. And if I'm missing a piece of legislation, point me in the direction of the legislation, please, and thank you. I could go on a rant, but I'm not going to. we got stuff to talk about. In the end, we'll, we'll sum up just that talking point by saying... We want to hear from both sides because it is our job to put out from both sides. We have respect from both sides because we treat everybody fairly. But the thing is, we hold you accountable for both your actions and what you say. You can't just talk the talk but not walk the walk or vice versa. $244 freaking million. Are you kidding me? Arkansas Tech receives $236 million in fiscal year 2018. UCA received $481 million. Where is the freaking disconnect? You kidding me right now? Just answer the just just answer the question. We would like to thank today's sponsor, Rivertown Bank, for bringing this episode of Making Sense to you. Bank local, bank smarter. Rivertown Bank has everything you need, everything a big bank has, but in that nice small town feel, you can walk in there. Very friendly people. Bank local, bank smarter. Also brought to you today by Feltner's Athletes Corner. Hey, they have been having an incredible sale over at Feltner's Athletes Corner, getting ready for all of the new fall merchandise. And hey, if you're wanting to find some Fayette Jill search, they've got some really cool Yeti gear over there. Uh, Kavu, uh, go and see them. I'm wearing my pair of Nikes right now that I bought at Feltner's Athletes Corner, and I want you to go by and see my friend Richard and all the fine folks at Feltner's Athletes Corner, proud supporters of the local rundown and of making sense. So, Caleb, you've been um, you've been giving me hand signals. By the way, let me give you a little sneak peek of behind the scenes of making sense here. See, what happens is, is I talk a lot and Caleb is sort of like the captain of the ship. All right. I just nod my head and go along with it. He pushes the buttons. He makes me sound a lot better than I actually am. And then he gives me hand signals to tell me when I need to shut up or to move on or to do to, to, to topics. Now, here's what you should know about Caleb. Caleb has never been over the top animated until I frustrate him. All right. So at some point during this podcast, when I go off on one of my tangents, kind of like I'm doing right now, um, he's going to try to kill me with the force. And so if I just fall over, just know that Caleb is now a Jedi and he keeps the, he keeps the rudder of the ship moving along. We're going to move into our second topic today. You're just going to ignore that one completely. Yes, Yes, I am. All right. I am a Jedi. I use the dark side. Hurricane Harvey. This is a very uh, <coughs> this is a very heartbreaking situation because we still don't know the complete damage that's going on, but we're feeling it even up in uh, up here in Arkansas. So, with with Hurricane Katrina that came into Louisiana, we saw 
what tens of thousands uh, of people coming through the river valley uh the church that we go to the journey they housed a lot of people a family came and stayed uh, with my family for a little while um very heartbreaking stuff um but to put it in perspective uh hurricane harvey uh is the largest storm to hit texas the largest hurricane in fact it was a category four since 1961 when Carla hit uh, and this is a this has been a week-long endeavor now it, the rains officially done now as far as I know it's sunshine down there but the relief efforts are still going on the entire state heck the entire southeast region uh, I think I saw somebody from New York actually going down there so the entire country is going down there to help uh, in fact our very own Zach Yates just got deployment orders today uh, from the Arkansas National Guard to go down, and he will be there until what the beginning of October. We're not we're not sure yet how long he's going to but, be there, but the local rundown, but, Zach Yates, who also happens to be my brother, who's our sales manager here, he does some content for us as well, is going down to Houston as part of um, service to his country, and so we appreciate that. But you know. We're feeling it all over. Uh, there are several, several. Actually, um, our pastor's son, Micah Piker, has been uh, dispatched down there as well. Several um, that Yale County, um, Yale County, uh, the sheriff's department and um, emergency response team. They went down there with the diving team, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so this is something that has affected the entire country, mm-hmm. and we know people who have been directly affected by this. So, uh, for for those of you who, who don't know my history, uh, I was born in uh, League City, Texas, which is a suburb between Houston and Galveston. I lived there until 1999 when we moved up uh, when I was five years old, and uh, you know, friends and family down there. Uh, some of their entire homes are, are gone. Their their livelihoods, businesses, uh, everything. And in fact, I, I it's still too early to say whether or not it's just as bad as Katrina, but it, that's what it's beginning to look like every day. We see more and more coming out. Uh, even the rescue efforts of the people that are going down there to help those trapped and those in need are dying. Um, an old coach that uh, was a, a uh, I don't want to say he was a family friend, but but he we had been associated with him in the past. Uh, he he passed away unfortunately, and there's there's countless other stories. But uh, to bring it back into what this the, the storm damage could potentially look like, the last major hurricane to hit the area, this particular area in Texas, uh, was in 2008. Gustav hit eastern Texas, kind of it, it touched the, the the areas around uh, Galveston, Houston. Uh, heavy rainfall, lots of uh, flooding in the lowlands, so not too much in, in terms of actual city flooding, uh, but not even 13 days later, uh, we have Hurricane Ike, which was a massive storm. And keep in mind that was September 1st, 2008, was Gustav. Only 13 later, 13 days later, we had Ike. Uh, Gustav was in eastern Texas, and then Ike was a Category 2, which did $19.3 billion in damages from homes to businesses, roadways, everything, and over 84 people dead by the end of it. Uh, $5 billion so far estimates um, coming in as far as relief for the White House. I'm assuming that that number is only going to climb. And and it's important to talk about this from a perspective of how you can help. A lot of times in disaster like this, once the water starts to... yeah, I, I think of Atkins back in 2008 when the Atkins tornado hit. I was working for Channel 7 at the time and... I remember coming back down, and I've, my, my family, my, my dad and my stepmom live in, in Atkins, and I remember that everyone was down there to help for like a week, but the relief effort doesn't take a week for something like no, this. No, no, no. The relief effort will take 
years. Mm-hmm. In fact, there are folks who are who were displaced from Katrina who said they were never able to go back to their homes. There were people who, I mean, in New Orleans did not return to form for another five years after Katrina. The fact of the matter is, is that what has happened in Southeast Texas, particularly in Houston, uh, is going to take years of relief efforts. And that's actually why the local rundown is partnering with the Russellville Airport uh, to put together something that we will release a little more information on later on. Um, Caleb, when I start to look at this, I, I have horrible memories of Katrina. I have memories of Gustav. I have memories of the things that, that have happened like this. But the state of Texas has never seen anything like this. Yeah, 1961 was the last time that we had a large storm like this. And in 1961, keep in mind, the population wasn't near as much as what it is now. Uh, we didn't have as much infrastructure there. So, I mean, it, it's it's so heartbreaking to see this. Uh, and now, you know, what are some of the things that we can do to help? Um, really, hands. Hands are it. If you're able to physically go down there and, and help out, you know, do so with with local organizations. But if you can't do that, uh, blankets, pillows, uh, fresh water, canned goods, things that won't spoil. Uh, find trustworthy organizations in your local community that that will go down, or even start your own. Uh, you, and I, I don't, I, I don't know that I would encourage that as as much. I'm mean, well, somebody the like the Rust Bus is, is going down. So the reason that I, I say that is because during times like this, you have a lot of illicit organizations that start popping up claiming that they're taking funds for these relief efforts, but then they never actually go down there. So whoever you choose, should you choose to help, make sure that you you vet those those places first. Somebody like Fred Teague with the Rust Bus who is going to Houston at some point. I think the only reason they haven't left yet was because they couldn't access where they were planning on going. Um, money is always needed in things like this, and, and this is why. When you start talking about, um, I read a report, and I think it was on NBC News. Uh, this report was talking about how relief efforts sometimes isn't relief. It had this picture of a warehouse with thousands of teddy bears. Sent with great intentions, by the way. Mm-hmm. Sent with, okay, well, this is going to be comforting for the families. Well, yes, it will be. However, you don't have a place to put a freaking teddy bear right now. Despite the fact you may want your children to have something like that, there's thousands of them backing up, which takes up room for supplies like water, food, things like that. Uh, Kristen Foster from River Valley Food for Kids said it best in a meeting that we had earlier this week. Uh, she prefers money be donated to the organization as opposed to as opposed to food. And the reason why she says that, and I, I believe this is true for pretty much every charity organization I've ever worked with, uh, uh, RVF4K gets food at wholesale and even cheaper than that through the food banks and the various organizations that they partner with. $5 for them goes a lot farther than $5 for you and I. Um, so so I'm thinking in terms of the American Red Cross, send them a $20 check. That $20 check is going to go a lot farther than than our, our own $20 worth of supplies that we could send down there. Um, I will tell you that locally there are some things that are coming up where you can help. Um, as I mentioned, the Rust Bus has been taking donations. You can contact Fred T. Get on the Rust Bus Facebook page. Find out how you can do that. The new donation station has been launched at Arkansas Tech through the Rust Bus. Also, uh, September the 8th, a first responders dinner uh, presented by uh, Wayne Eastman at the depot from 1130 to 1. By the way, free food. You can go out there. A blood drive has been set up for 
for um, donations that will go to Houston. And we want to make sure that we don't forget about our friends down in Texas. And so October the 21st, the local rundown and the Russellville Airport are partnering to put together a relief effort uh, for Houston, as we know that this is going to take a, a lot, a lot of time. And we want to sum all this up by saying that this probably will not be the last uh, incident that even happens in the Gulf area this year. Uh, right now, there's there's one in the Atlantic that's brewing up. Hurricane Irma expected to become a Category 4. Yeah. And uh, to put this in perspective with uh, data records over the past, uh, well, at least as long as they've been tracking um, storms in the area, August, September, and October are the three highest months for uh, deadly storms and very hard-hitting storms in Texas. Uh, we are now out of August, but we are in the very beginning of September. Uh, those numbers specifically are 19 major storms in August, 24 major storms in September, and 13 in August. So we really, we could even see something else uh, before the end of the year is over. God, I hope not. uh, Or if it is, I hope that it is not on the same level. Um, So find out what you can do. We will be posting um, some updates here in the next few weeks as to how you can help us help other people. And we want to make mention, too, that um, we've got direct connections to this area. Um, Very good friends of ours um, affected by this storm. Um, River Valley connection, too, by the way. Uh, Pastor Don Norton of CT Church in Houston um, has very strong ties to the River Valley area. He comes and preaches here quite a bit. He also happens to be the brother-in-law of John Ashcraft, who is a pastor here for a long time um, at the journey. So there's a lot of River Valley connections um, uh, to this thing. Pretty much everybody that I've talked to uh, and, knows and, somebody yeah, yeah. affected by and, this. And just to put uh, also in perspective, CT Church is in Pasadena, correct? Uh, there's there's a campus in Pasadena. There's a campus in Houston, mm-hmm. in Houston proper. Yeah. Um, and then so, there's one more as so well. So they, they are, they're right in the middle of where, right. yeah, where everything was hit. So um, we, we say all that to say uh, help help a community in need. Right. Um, as we mentioned, our own uh, Zach Yates, prayers to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. I know that you're going to be fine. Uh, go and uh, go and show what uh, Arkansas is all about by helping uh, yep. help, helping out our friends. want to take a minute and say thank you to French Noodle Boutique for being a, a sponsor here on the local rundown. You need to go see them. They're over on Parkway. We've got some live videos coming up with them. And by the way, I don't really shop in boutiques because to be completely honest with you, there's not anything that I would need in a boutique. At least that's what I thought until I walked into French Noodle and said, my goodness, the smells, the wonderful everything that they have in there, except of course for the women's clothes, or is something that I might be interested in. So guys, if you're looking for um, some gift ideas for the female, if you're looking for some ideas as it comes, hey, you know what? Christmas shopping, there's never too, or it's never too early to start Christmas shopping. Of course, you could be like me, start planning in September and then do it December the 23rd. That's about right. That's that's about the way that that works for me as well. Hey, great gift ideas is coming up. So go see our friends over at French Noodle Boutique. We'll check them out on Facebook. And thank you, French Noodle, for sponsoring us here on the local rundown. Was that was that cool? Was that a cool thing I did with my voice? I, I, that was it was, a, it was a pretty good ad read. We're gonna move into our third and final talking point for today. The uh, Drew would like to call it the beautification of downtown, although some people on social media <laughs> would call it the uh, dilapidation of downtown. What we mean by this is the overhaul of the downtown construction and rebringing up of old buildings into. Uh, new, but not just in the downtown area, really across the entire River Valley. 
so, you know, Drew, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Because we have the downtown master plan project, which over the next five years are going to be redoing streets, buildings. Uh, part of that also follows into the El Paso project between tech and the city. Yeah, there's there's so much that's going to be happening, but what will this look like? And we won't see the beginning of it until the beginning of next year. But you know, here's the thing: I, I am so tired of hearing. <clears throat> I'm a bit. This is where I, I have to be uh, have full disclosure here. I'm a bit of a Main Street Russellville apologist because I'm so involved with what it is that they do down there. Um, if you go to downtown at sundown, Rob and I emceed all of them this year. And if he wasn't there, I was the MC, and I'll be emceeing Fall Fest as I understand at the end of October. I'm emceeing Food Stock. I'm downtown a lot. I love downtown. I love this city so much. Yes, there are some things that need some improvement down there, uh, but there is a faster plan. Uh, the dilapidation of downtowns, uh, this whole conversation started with the old Leonard's building, uh, Funky Junkie, when the back wall collapsed, and they actually had to tear it down yesterday. You can check out some of the videos, and by the way, Caleb's got some stunning slow motion footage that he's going to upload to the Facebook page a little bit later on. So by the time you listen to it, go check out the Facebook page, because he's already uploaded it by now. Um, some of the pictures in the live video were, were heartbreaking because the old Leonard's building, it sat on the corner of Commerce and B Street. It was a funky junkie building now. Uh, the back wall falls in about two months ago. They try to save the building. They can't save the building. It's over 100 years of history. That's the old Leonard's building. Uh, and people who um, have been in this area their whole lives for, you know, say the last 50 years or so, remember the old Leonard's building. Now, I do not. That was uh, before my time. I was, I was, I was, I'm too young to remember that. But I will tell you this. Downtown is, is a work in progress for folks like Betsy McGuire, for folks like uh, the mayor and the city. And, and I think that this is something that goes beyond downtown. When you look at the reimagining Russellville 2040 report that came out back in January, one of the things that was in that report is that the corridors of our city coming in from 64 East from Pottsville, coming in off of Highway 7 from Dover, off the interstate, uh, on Weir Road, off the exit 84, uh, there's not a particularly pretty place coming into Russellville. You have to go into the city to find the pretty spots. Coming from Dardanelle, good Lord, it's it's the armpit of our city. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will say that, uh, especially in a lot of these uh, older <coughs> industrialized areas, you have a lot of uh, rust building up on the side of metal buildings. You have uh, bricks that are now being overgrown with uh, ivory and, or just mold. And it's, it, it is sad. You're right. It, it looks like the armpit of the city in a lot of these places. Now, you know, for, for lack of better terms, it's because there's not a lot of uh, economic upturn being brought into those areas. But then again, sometimes it's one of those things where you got to spend money to make money, but you have to do it in the right way. This whole conversation comes up because of that building collapse, essentially, uh, because the, the, the questions are now, well, how much more um, do some of our historic buildings need to maintain? Um, is there more money that needs to be poured into this? Is this well, a concern? Well, you know, we, we back up even into last year whenever we had the construct, or I should say the, the reconstruction of the old bank building. They restored it to what it looked like. It's a beautiful area, or at least what it mostly looked like uh, when it was back in a bank in uh, the 1930s, I believe. Uh, a beautiful area, and a lot of people. It's a it's a hot spot downtown. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, just the the whole street from uh, Old Bank, all the storefronts, uh, dog ear books across the street, and then all the way down to the train depot. I mean, we're, you the the city is 
putting love and reconstruction back into downtown, but in a way where it still feels homey and and nice and comforting. Because if you start to get into uh, just brick and mortar or, or not even that, but just like you don't want to you don't want to make the city look like a jail. You know, you, 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 you want to give it life. You don't, you don't want it all to be grayscale. So and skyscrapers. Grayscale skyscrapers, by the way, new shirts coming from the local rundown.com. Um, that's a little bit of an inside joke, but yeah, they're coming. I, I want to go ahead and say uh, one thing about all of this. I know that the conversation has has come up. There is a new Main Street project that's coming as far as redoing the streets. That's, that part is coming next year. Uh, we've talked to several city officials who and are excited that's a, about that. That's a that. five-year plan. So right. Yeah, so it'll start next year, and it'll we'll see it continuing uh, it, well, I believe it has to be finished by the end of uh, five years. Yeah, so. 2023 is yeah. when that, that, that the estimate is, is, is for that. So, you know, look, I understand the concerns, but folks, there has been a plan in place. There will be a plan in place. But uh, you want to talk about downtown? Let me tell you something about downtown. Joshua's Fine Jewelry is downtown, and you need to go see our fine friends, Nathan, Abby, Rachel, Chris. They will take care of you. Joshua's Fine Jewelry. And by the way, I need to go ahead and tell you, they've got some really cool stuff happening. They are unveiling a brand new marketing package. By the time that you listen to this podcast, go check out the new Facebook page, the new logos. Um... Abby Duval is um, actually, by the time some of you may listen to this, um, she'll be Abby Balch. So congratulations to her. Uh, fantastic jewelry designer, one of the only cuz I've had. They use this program uh, from a company named Stoller. And she's one of the top in the entire company as far as being able to design rings. So you need to go and see her at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, proud supporters of the local rundown and making sense. I know we're running short on time, it looks like. Um, but I need to get to this. It's something that I just, I, I, I need this, Caleb. I need this. I will allow it this one time. Please let me do this. We have been inundated with negativity over the last few months. And I just need to talk about something stupid. Something idiotic. Something very dumb. Something incredibly dumb. So let me share with you the stupid news of the week. I cannot tell you the name of the website that I am getting this from. I would like to source it. However, there's some expletives in it, but it is funny. Um, this one comes from the Port City Daily. Uh, Zachary Kingsbury of Linwood, Washington, jumped into the ocean in Surf City, North Carolina, to avoid police. Oh, that sounds like a good idea, right? You could just swim under the water. Right, exactly. You would think that this is a fantastic idea. He's, he got it's nearly a mile out to sea before he realizes he's being chased by a shark. His day just got worse. Thank you, sir. You are a Darwin Award winner. Travis Paul Taffer of Satellite Beach, Florida. No, that's not the right story. Let's try this one. There we go. Uh, Joseph McKinnis and Tyree McCoy uh, show up to Monahan's Pub in Woodlawn, Maryland. Uh, Maryland. Maryland. Wow. Woodlawn, Maryland, planning to rob the place. Too bad for them. There's a cop's retirement party going on. Ooh. As officers were selling this one from uh, the Baltimore Sun. As officers were celebrating a longtime sergeant's retirement in the main room of Monahan's Pub at Gwen Oak Avenue, two masked men approached the carryout counter near five, around 5.30 p.m. Monahan's owner, Jack Milani, said the men demanded cash from the register and then took off. Milani said he was surprised that someone would commit a robbery at his business, which is just across from a precinct station. During shift changes, there are a lot of squad cars coming and going, um, uh, and many of the regular officers or our regular customers, uh, these two guys got roughed 
up. I can imagine being at a police retirement party and across the street from a precinct. This from the Palm Beach Post. Why is it that every bad thing that happens in America pretty much happens in Florida? That's a good question, actually. Wesley Kelly of uh, Loxahatchee, Florida, attempts to steal the license plate off of Palm Beach County Sheriff's vehicle as three detectives are sitting in the car. Wow. Those are some really dumb stories. These are really dumb stories. But I feel a lot better about myself now. Right. It's great. I I do, too. I love it so much. Doesn't it make you feel a little bit better about where you live? Hey, let's wrap this thing up, Caleb. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Once again, our first talking point today was Tech and Mary Bentley. Any final thoughts, Drew? Where is the rest of the damn money? That is the that okay. Uh, you know, I'm a journalist. I ask questions. I have been fair to both sides of this issue. Somebody tell me why Arkansas Tech in our city got two hundred and thirty-six million dollars, and UCA, who has had two presidents removed from office over scandals, gets four hundred eighty-one million dollars with less enrollment. Somebody tell me that if it's because of educational value and because, oh, this was a great line. I loved this. This was on the record. The line was, we want Arkansas Tech, and I, I'm paraphrasing this, um, we are concerned that um, Arkansas Tech is spending too much money on nightlife activities and not enough on education because of the El Paso project. Okay, I am certain then, I'm certain that in that $1.1 billion budget of the University of Arkansas, I am certain that absolutely all of that, all of that is going to educational purposes only and not one dime is going to be spent on marketing for the Razorbacks. I am certain of that. Please hint the sarcasm. Please, please pick up on this. I have been fair. I am fair. I will always air both sides. But if I don't get an answer as to why Tech is receiving less than half of the money, and if somebody doesn't give me a better answer as to, well, there's legislation in past, I'm going to blow a gasket. This is idiotic. I want an answer. And we just want to put in perspective, uh, Drew actually had a heart attack last year, so we probably don't need that to happen. <laughs> so I did have a heart attack last year. I'm perfectly fine now except for a cold jerk second topping point hopefully you uh you will be just as heated about this but in a different way hurricane harvey hurricane harvey you know um our thoughts and prayers are obviously going out to the people of um to the people of southeast texas and not just thoughts and prayers but our actual actions too right we've got um we've we've sent money um uh, one of our guys is going down there um we're donating to the relief efforts. It's not to, to toot our own horns. It's just because that's what you should do. By the way, as it pertains to Hurricane Harvey, and as it pertains to everything that you read, please, for the love of God, don't believe everything you read on the internet as it pertains to Hurricane Harvey, as it pertains to your opinion on Joel Osteen, as it pertains to your opinion on anything. Because probably, more often than not, when it comes to stuff like this, somebody is going to use that for political gain. Make sure to do your research. Third point, the, uh, for lack of a better term, dilapidation of downtown. It's not going to be dilapidated for long. Matter of fact, I wouldn't even consider it dilapidated. I would consider it a not only a work in progress, but something that has beautified downtown. There, You are experiencing a resurgence. Matter of fact, check out the numbers. Music downtown at sundown was, a, was attended by over a thousand people each time. Each time that we did a, a concert down there with Cody Ballou, uh, with the Beards and the Bees, and with Lana and the um, Mojo Doctors, I'm, or Lee and the Mojo Doctors, I'm telling you, downtown is experiencing 
experiencing a resurgence. There are going to be some growing pains, obviously, I feel like from that. Uh, but Betsy McGuire is doing a great job down there. And uh, the only way to make your city better is to spend money in your city and you help your city get better. I also want to point out that the money that's coming into these projects is special fund money, money that's been planned, right? So it's, right. This yeah, is, we, 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 we've been talking about, gosh, since uh, what March or April, since the budget issues for the 2018 year. However, all of this has been planned. All of this was already taxed before. It's been gained uh, and it's in its special funds. It can't be touched. The only problem that the city's having right now is with the general fund. Right, exactly, because there's not a ballot issue for that. Exactly. So don't blow that out of proportion. And if you have any questions, just ask us. We'll be happy to clarify. But I'm Caleb Peronet. My name is Drew Brent. I'm going to blow a gasket if I don't get my answers. But we thank you very much for listening to Making Sense. Make a difference, not excuses. Give God all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. And we will catch you on the flip side. Take it easy. No more.